Today we have a story on bankruptcy and our guest shares with us how she overcame this. That is what's coming up in episode 120. Tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down to earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me today. This is Jen Hemphill, your host. I've got another great guest for you today. Now, bankruptcy, just hearing that word may make you wince. It is one of those topics that there's just so much to. And although we aren't going to get into the ins and outs of bankruptcy, you are going to hear one woman's personal story and experience with this. Now, this is what you're going to learn in today's episode, the lessons she learned from her parents, from seeing them go from nothing to living the American dream, what led to her bankruptcy and how her family recovered, why for five years her and her husband hand-delivered the bankruptcy payments, and you're also going to learn what she believes is the only factor stopping you from achieving anything. Let me share a little bit about Monica. She is known as that positioner. Monica Liddell is a president of Truth Hacking, an unconventional, profit-focused branding company. She's helped her clients create $10 million in revenue and worked with the giants like Lisa Nichols, Jamie Tardy, and Jonathan Fields. She is a mother of three. She is also the creator of Mommy Breadwinner dedicated to helping high-achieving mommies create more play and dough. She loves the Midwest, where Kansas is home, and the Buffaloes roam. Vamos a conocer a Monica. Let's go meet Monica. I am excited to have you, Monica, and to connect with you and really get to know you better. So welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege to do anything publicly. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get to know you better. I would love to know, how did you grow up around money? What did you hear? What did you experience? So let us know a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so everybody has their story. And, you know, you think about yours as you progress and, you know, letting things go or what was your imprint or, you know, just some of those things. You know, the biggest piece of, I think, money and for us growing up as children is that I didn't grow up with a spoon in my mouth. In fact, my parents have joked around off and on, um, you know, we're just poor white trash, you know, like when I was born, my parents didn't even have money for clothing. We lived in a trailer. I mean, that is what the experience was. Now, they had this amazing network of people. And I think this is so critical to our success later on in life, right? And if you really, really, really want to become truly rich and wealthy and be very, very mega successful, you have to have this strong network. And and so they had that built in incredible network even at that time in, in their lives. And they came to the aid. Right. And just kind of uh, babied them and me, so to speak, bought clothes, bought food, bought diapers, bought those things. 
But fast forward, I watched my parents build something out of nothing. So go from that level of, I guess some would say poverty, although that's pretty wealthy in a lot of you know, other nations. Right. (laughs) Right, But, but from that level all the way to, you know, I mean, my parents have, uh, I don't know, over a hundred, I mean, excuse me, over a thousand square feet of just an inside solarium with high vaulted ceilings in a beautiful, on a beautiful piece of property that, I mean, you just, money can't buy this piece of property. It's so amazing. It was, the home was built by an artist. And so how does somebody go from there to here? Well, the great American dream by living the great American dream. And so I was influenced in that capacity to watch both of my parents build something from nothing. That is amazing. So tell us like, what kind of lessons did you take from that? So what did, was there some conversations they had with you? Was it some observations? So what, because you have also done fantastic. So tell us like, what kind of lessons did you learn uh, from them, from observing or from things that they said to you uh, that allowed them to have that success? You know, I think the number one thing that I watched, and there have been several, they were very open with us. I mean, we we were like a super high emotional family. I mean, if we weren't Italian, you'd probably think we were um, <laughs> just because I swear we act like it stereotypically. But But just like there's just so much love. There's so much emotion. There's so much hugging. There's so much all of that. But we didn't talk a lot about money. What we witnessed was work really hard for what you want and you can do anything. And um, if you can't figure it out, if you don't, if you haven't figured it out yet, I watched them go seek the advice of people who were so much further down the road than them. Get that advice and put it into motion. I mean, that's what my parents did that led to their success every single time. So we're children and we're watching them work and we're going to work with them, right? Because they're entrepreneurs. And so we didn't, I mean, we went to daycare somewhat, which was at my aunt's house, but for the most part, like we went to work with them all the time. It was just something that we did. We were in this together. We were building it together and all of us kids pitched in. Wow. Wow. I love that. So you've basically, so they didn't talk money. So basically some of the lessons that you learned were from observation, from the action that they took versus what they maybe sat down and talked to you about, which it sounds like they didn't talk to you about money. Is that what I'm hearing? You know, we didn't sit down and have a lot of conversations about it. Now, fast forward, my husband and I are having lots of conversations with our children about it, right? But they did do things like in the small conversations that we had, it was, I want you to take this money and I want you to walk through and go pay for this or, you know, maybe go to a garage sale or an estate sale and try to talk somebody down. Like those are great hustling negotiation skills that you can learn as a child, right? And many of us grow up and we don't know that until way later in life. So thank you for making us walk through that mom and dad. Um, <laughs> other, th- other things that we learned is just don't have any debt. You know, just don't have any debt. Now, at some point, if you're looking to rapidly sc- scale or just take a business that is already proven to the next level, you absolutely have to have capital because it's most often that kind of level of business is not going to be self-funded, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go after capital at some point at that level. So I think that that, but personal debt, you know, and business debt, they just didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't have any. It was like they paid for everything in cash and 
they did what they had to do to not be under the guise of debt. They just, it was a prison and they just didn't want to live in it. And so I think that that was another really good example that I had. Awesome. So basically they had, you know, your parents sound fantastic. So they basically, even though they didn't have like the money talk, they set you into action. Like you mentioned, uh, negotiating those type of things, which is definitely a great skill to have. So that's fantastic. Now, let's fast forward. You grew up, you met your husband, you got married, you have kids. So what has transpired from having this fantastic upbringing where you lived in a household that had nothing, uh, where you saw your parents transform their lives into a big success and now you're grown up, you've met your husband, you have kids. What has transformed for you, I should say? At this point in my life, you know, I'm on my own journey. I'm on my own, my own path. My parents pulled us out of a public school system and put us in a prep school, right? And, and they sent four kids through a very expensive private school. And that was amazing because it was just an absolutely amazing opportunity and a great school. And I learned how to work really hard and think differently, right? Mm-hmm. Not part of the you know mainstream at all. There was a lot of, um, and I'll get to the point of where we're at now, but there was a lot of, um, am I as good as these people? Mm-hmm. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of measuring up, particularly in money. So I had two best friends and one of them for her very first car at 16, her grandmother from Long Island sent her her old Jaguar. Okay, that was her first vehicle. And I'm like, I'm like in my Honda, you know, and I'm so excited. (laughs) And it's not brand new. But it was that was a common experience. And so what you're left with as a kid growing up in my state is always in the gap of, am I good enough? Right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm in the gap of I'm at a private school. And I live basically in a for like the most fairy tale forest home in comparison to most people. Yet I'm still playing the comparison game about my headbands and my bows and the vehicles and, and you know, that sort of thing. And what I have had to deal with is a lot of just shedding of that, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're at now as a family is my husband and I are very aligned in our finances. And that took a long time and a lot of hard knocks, but we're very aligned. We are a power couple, right? We believe in that we're better together with money than we are separate. So we both have our own roles, but know that together we can create a much richer life than alone. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And what kind of, what roles do you have? So you and your husband? Well, it's flip-flopped, you know? I mean, when you've been married, it's not like we've been married for 30 years, but (laughs) we've been married for 14 and together for 16, right? And so You've been married for 14 years. It's not like I just slipped into the stereotypical, I'll run the budget and the checkbook and pay the bills and you do go make the money. In fact, it's been quite the opposite, right? Where, um, and it's, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. Like for, for a while at the very start, I played that stereotypical role. And then we moved into very rapidly me becoming the breadwinner. And then I stayed the breadwinner. And so when you're the breadwinner, I find that you have to relinquish a lot of things, control mm-hmm. of a lot of things. You can't be the breadwinner and go do the dishes and the laundry and pay the bills and do these. Th- I mean, how are you going to have any sanity? You won't. 
right? So anyway, as we shifted into a non-traditional role that's becoming more common in our world today, I am still the breadwinner, mm-hmm. although he is um, an above average earner. So that's awesome. And that's transformed over the years just to be completely like vulnerable and transparent with you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always that way. He wasn't always an ab- above average earner, but he's an ab- of above average intelligence for sure. And he had some other life stuff, you know, and own money stories that had to catch up. He does most of the bill pay and I do most of the financial planning, but we meet on it and we're in tune with one another. And that also hasn't always been the case, but it runs a lot smoother <laughs> when you are in tune, right? Right, right. No, it's it's a process. And I know with us, we've been married about seven, what is it? 17 years. You had, I had to think through, through that and the same thing. And it's just over the years, it it has evolved and progressed and gotten better, fortunately. Uh, So it's definitely not anything that you just jump into and bam, you have it how you want it. Because like you said, your husband was dealing with the money stories that he grew up with, right? You had a different upbringing and it's a matter of, figuring out what that is, being able to talk money. It's just a whole process in itself. So I absolutely love that you share that. Now, there's been some challenges uh, in your life, if you could uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, specifically, so the money challenges, right? I mean, everybody has challenges, but okay. So Jen, I'm a risk taker. I don't have problems taking risks. I learned it as a child. I actually learned it's safe to take risks, Right. And you can have huge gains taking risks. But when I'm early on and I'm in my early 20s and I had already started a family really early on. And again, here we are just going rogue. Here's typical Monica. Right. Um, And I see an opportunity. What I did is I invested in that opportunity with all of my own amazing high performing credit. Right. And I backed it with my own credit, thinking to myself, I know I can do it because I have succeeded at so many things in my life, even at an early age and overcome so many things at an early age. Right. And so surely I can do this. What I didn't realize is that one, I invested in the wrong business opportunity Two, I didn't know how to at that point in my early 20s. How do you change things? How do you reposition? How do you navigate when things are not going well? And three, I totally overestimated my ability in marketing and sales, right? And so two of the best pieces of advice is that was failing was, Monica, you've got to learn marketing. You've got to become the best marketer you know. And the other one was, you've got to learn sales. And I didn't want to learn sales, right? Mm -hmm. Which is part of why I teach and coach women on this, Right. Um, because I know how much it can set you free. And my mentor says to me, I said, I don't want to learn sales. And he said, well, I'm going to teach it to you anyway, or I'm not going to mentor you. That's the short story, but there's a great <laughs> long story to it. And I said, I was mad, you know, I'm like, who is this guy? I, 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 I don't want to learn this. And I'm in my early twenties and I'm floundering. Like I have nothing <laughs> like who am I to even say like, no, thank you very much. You've been successful, but me, no, I don't want to learn this, what you're trying to teach me <laughs> out of the goodness and kindness of your heart. Right. Just the arrogance a little bit. But what I finally caved and I said, okay, because he told me he wouldn't coach me or mentor me if I didn't. And he said to me, Monica, listen to me. You got to trust me on this because if you can learn this skill, it doesn't matter what happens in the economy. It doesn't matter what happens in your business. You will be okay. You and your family will be okay. And I said, okay. 
And it was kind of a painful moment, but it was this great moment of surrender. And since that point in time, I have, I mean, obviously turned those skill sets, being one of the best marketers I know, being one of, of, of the be- like a top high converting, high close sales girl, right? Mm-hmm. And been able to use that to push my clients forward, which has pushed my career forward, right? That's so, awesome. and it's kept my family afloat and allowed me to provide them with a greater, bigger life than I always wanted for them. Now, a quick message from today's sponsor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Barry Tesler Linden and her year-long money school, The Art of Money, which is now open for registration for a limited time. If you've ever tried to get smarter or more conscious about money, you know it can stir up a lot of emotions. You might feel ashamed that you don't know the best way to tackle your debt, or maybe you're too scared to even peek at your numbers. If you're like a lot of people, money might be the one thing you can't talk to your sweetheart about without getting into a fight. See, money is never just about the numbers. It's also about your emotions, your life story, values, and goals. That's why looking at all of these aspects of money from the practical to the emotional and beyond is so important if you want to make real lasting change in your money relationship. If you love to explore this kind of holistic approach to money with lots of expert and community support, check out The Art of Money, a year-long money school guided by my dear colleague, Barry Tesler Linden. Barry is a financial therapist, mompreneur, author, and featured guest of this podcast. Over the past 15 years, Barry has guided thousands of people into happier, more empowered, and refreshingly honest relationships with money. The culmination of her work is The Art of Money, a year-long global money school. It only starts once a year in January, but it's open now for a short early bird registration period. Learn all about it and get a taste of Barry's work in her free Money Mocha series at barrytesler.com. That is B-A-R-I-T-E-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can find the link in the show notes. But if we could go back to the story of your credit, you invested money in a business where you overestimated your abilities at that point in time. So what happened uh, I know later you sounds like you got a coach and he reeled you in to learning the sales skills, but what happened with that in terms of investing with your with your credit card? Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. We I mean the the worst case scenario is what happened right? Which few people talk about, but it happens. And the worst case scenario was that we went completely bankrupt and it was a personal bankruptcy because everything that I had in terms of our funding was through our personal credit. And we had really, really good credit. So we had access to a lot and we also didn't get lucky, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like we hit we hit things at a point in time where the market was turning and it just was it was kind of disaster and fire around everyone, right? So there was multiple things that that contributed to that. Now, again, my own arrogance though kept me in that situation far longer than I needed to be and it was worse off than it needed to be. So I had four really good top-notch financial people tell me, Monica, you've got to file for bankruptcy. And I went, no, like that's the worst money thing. That's one of the worst things ever I could think of that would ever happen to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And here I am and I've had all of these other successes and I'm an over 4.0 student. I went to a private university and blah, 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 blah. And um, they're saying, no, you need to do this. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. And so for about 18 months, I held on and I paid insanely ridiculous high interest over 30% like rates. And I did knock some of it down and I did get our home out of foreclosure. So I don't regret that in some ways. In other ways, I wish I would have just ripped the bandaid off and done it a lot sooner, right? Because it just made the situation worse. And I was drowning in a situation that I couldn't see my way out. You know, and then later on, fast forward, you learn that many millionaires go through the same experience and it's really not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to let myself down. I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want to let the people around me down. I didn't want to let my reputation down. And I learned a lot through that experience. I mean, I learned how to move and navigate through life failures um, with a lot of grace as a woman. Right, right. No, it sounds like, I mean, it's, definitely a a huge learning experience. So with this, obviously, it was a hard decision to make, because obviously, you were trying, you were trying, you you said for 15 months, you were making the payments, got your home out of disclosure, uh, out of disclosure, out of foreclosure. (laughs) And, but there were, you said mentioned that there were some financial people advising you, uh, to file bankruptcy. So why in, in bankruptcy, it's always a hard decision. It's different for everybody, whether you go that route or not. Uh, so how, what was the reasoning if you, if you'd be willing to share to file it versus not filing it? I was not going to get out. Okay. There was no way out. There was no more negotiation that I could do. The interest payments were so high at that point in time, there was no way out. So, you're, right. I mean, when you're dealing with 30 plus mm-hmm. percent interest 30% rates, is high. yes. How are you ever going to get past all of that and have enough money to reinvest back into the company so that it can grow? You can't. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And once I, they already knew that, right? They had already forecasted that. What I was dealing with was my own internal, can Mm -hmm. I overcome this? Right. And there was a piece of me that went, okay, so if it gets worse, it gets worse. And it did. I mean, that was one of the hardest emotional things that we've ever gone through in our entire life. And it's like just a humongous failure at the time. But I learned so much about myself. And I learned so much about, look, I can succeed in spite of that. Absolutely. Because for some bankruptcy, it just, of course, there is a negative connotation on bankruptcy, but it all really depends on how you look at it. And some people, there's a, uh, a mentality or a feeling of shame, if you will, if you have to go through this, or that it's a possibility that you're going to have to go through this. But obviously, you overcame it, you're doing fantastic. So what 
Take us through after the bankruptcy, what did you do to get to where you're at today? Because you're you've succeeded, you've had a lot of success. So tell us a little bit about that. One of the commitments that my husband and I made is we're going to learn as much as we can about what we didn't know about money, money management, running a business, marketing and sales, right? I knew I was going to, the, the best outcome for me was not going to be an employee of a company, um, that I would never make the kind of money that I was looking to make as an employee. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but it wasn't going to be my path. It just wasn't even in my DNA, Right. And so I knew entrepreneurship was the way. And so I had to make it work. But some of the things that we were committed to were retraining our brain on or training it for the first time. Here I had had a family that never went into debt. And how is it that I went into so much debt? Where was the money story? What was the imprint? What wasn't firing off in the right capacity, right? In the, in the right way that was leading to this result. So for five years as we repaid you know, not all bankruptcy. People think like you just walk away and then no, no, no. we didn't file that kind of bankruptcy, right? Like we made payments on our bankruptcy and anyway, the debt was renegotiated and we just wanted to walk through that process to train our brains to never again do this, to do something completely different. So most people, even in the scenario like us, go down and, um, you know, they, they mail their payments in every single week. And what we did is we took our payment, I mean, every single month, we took our payments down by hand and hand delivered them to the bankruptcy trustee for five years. Oh, wow. Uh, Drove all the way down there, went through all of the emotions that go along with it and came out on the other side. Right. I mean, it was like, no, we really are committed to never having this happen again. So it was a lot of that, a lot of study, a lot of taking um, money more seriously, a lot of communication, a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot of just letting go of old money stories to come out on this side. And all the while I'm having massive success with clients. Right. And so what I learned through this entire process is that really nothing can keep you down. Nothing, no one, no thing, no circumstance can keep you from your goals. You are the only person that stands in the way Mm -hmm. of that, even in complete defeat. Absolutely. And you, you realize that because you mentioned how people were advising you to file bankruptcy, but you were thinking, I've got this, right? I've got this. I'm going to do this. I could, I've done, accomplished so many things. Uh, I can continue to do this. But sometimes there's something in ourselves that the pride, if you will, that we can do this. And sometimes that itself, it's a fine line though. It's it's, that in itself can limit you if you're only internally listening to what's in your brain out instead of also listening to other things. Does that make sense? Because there's a fine line because I'm not saying don't have confidence because I'm absolutely not saying to not not have confidence and not believe in yourself because you absolutely have to. But I love that you share this and I appreciate you sharing that story because there's a lot to learn from that in, like you mentioned, nothing can keep you from achieving what you want to achieve but yourself, right? Uh, So it's a great thing to remind ourselves of uh, for sure. Now, let's dig into a little about, I want to know what maybe you went through this bankruptcy Things are great now. You've evolved. You've grown. 
and things are good. And as far as money, like what are there still some challenges that you have around money? If so, what would you say those are? You know, I'd say my biggest challenge, I, I laughed, you know, I was kind of preparing for this kind of, I was preparing for the podcast and I was thinking about all of these things and how wonderful your podcast is and, and oh, really how you. many women you set free by just providing the space for other women to share, right? And so I thought, you know, my biggest problem really is impulsive spending, right? Like, oh, I see that. Maybe I'll want that. And part of that is just that we have extra money, right? And so it's like, oh, well, I, I want that uh, thing. We're pretty minimalistic, but even still, as you grow in it, uh, you feel like, you know, maybe I should wait 30 days before buying this uh, new tech gadget or something like that. So I think <laughs> that there's still some impulse buying. I also think that there's a direct correlation with being busy and spending money, right? And so I know a lot of money in the past has gotten blown through just like eating out. And it's such a simple thing, right? To say like, where do you struggle with money? Well, we make some impulse buys that we should probably wait 30 days and think about. Rich people wait 30 days. We think that they buy it right away. And sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. Mm -hmm. When you start to really study the mindset and the behavior of these people, they go, and eh, let me wait it. Let me think about it. Right. And so I think that putting in a delay, we've put in a, a lot of a delay, but I'm encouraged to put more of a delay in, right? Make that spending time that I'm thinking about it longer, mm -hmm. right? So that's something that we're working on. But also just being so busy, being the breadwinner, having three children, ages one through 13, right? <laughs> Whoa, what were we thinking, right? <laughs> like, how do you then go home and prepare a meal, and mm -hmm. spend the hour preparing it. Really? Can you do a 20-minute meal every single time? No. No, you don't. You can't. Right? And so I think a lot of just extra money gets spent on eating out. And that's just something that we're currently working on as well. Yeah, there's always something. There's always something. But as long as you know you're doing your best, uh, it's and it comes in seasons, you know. It comes oh. in, in seasons, whether those seasons are monthly, whether they could be those seasons could be through years, you know, depend on what's going on in your life. Because right now you mentioned you have kids from one to 13, and they each have different needs. You've got a teen that needs to be here and there and, and is not driving yet. And the one year old needs your attention <laughs> a lot more. So there's a lot of things. And it's, I always tell people is, you know, within yourself, that you're doing the best that you can do with what you have, right? With what you're given, with what's your life situation. And as long as that's good with you, I mean, just proceed. Because the other side of it is you're going to beat yourself up, right? What good does that do? Nothing. So Monica, this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed listening to you and you share that your money story and just being so transparent. There's a lot of golden nuggets that we can take from here. Now, as you know, this podcast is about uh, making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Her money matters because Prince Charming likely isn't coming in our new world and you must become your own prince charming love it. you must become the princess or the queen whatever resonates with you but that's why her money matters i love it well monica this has been fantastic it really has been a pleasure to connect with you today thank you so much 
hope that you enjoyed this chat as much as I enjoyed connecting with Monica. She definitely had a lot to say, and I really, really appreciated her sharing her story and the lessons that she has learned along the way. I want to share with you my takeaway, but first, let's do our weekly shout out, La Mención, as we're now calling it. And this week's La Mención goes to you. Yes, you listening, you for being here, you for listening to this podcast, because it shows me that you are committed in your financial journey. So keep it up. And I'm right now, you ready? I'm giving you a high five. Now, today's takeaway for me was what Monica believed is the only factor stopping you from achieving anything. And that is yourself, right? Nothing can stop you, but you and only you. And of course, it shouldn't surprise you that I absolutely have to agree here. You are here because you want to do better with your money. And really what is stopping you, it's not using the coupons. It's not breaking the budget. It's not going to the drive through a few times this week. That's not what is holding you back. Granted, that can amount to a lot if you continue to do things over time. But what really is holding you back is that self-doubt that you're feeling, that fear, maybe your past, your upbringing, what you heard, what you experienced around money, that stress that you may be feeling these past few weeks, the overwhelm from everything that you have going on from job, from taking care of kids, or maybe a huge change in the job and more responsibilities and you're not getting more pay. Whatever it may be, that is what holding you back, not the coupons, not breaking your budget. What is the domino effect here is that that self-doubt and those emotional things that I mentioned can lead you to breaking your budget. It can lead you to not cooking and going out to eat three, four, five times a week. Those things can catapult to that. So again, It's not those things that you usually think that is holding you back, but it's yourself. And from that is your self-doubt. It's fear, your past, your upbringing, the stress, overwhelm, all those emotional components. That is what's helping you hold back. And how to stop that comes through you and only you. No one else, I can only tell you, stop being fearful, stop having the self-doubt. I can tell you that, but... It's not necessarily something that you're going to do. It's up to you and it comes from within. It comes from asking yourself, what can I do to get to the next step versus instead of accepting being stressed, instead of accepting that self-doubt, taking care of yourself. And that's one of the things when you ask yourself, what is it that you can do to minimize that feeling, to minimize that emotion, to minimize that stress that you're feeling? It comes to taking care of yourself. It comes to disconnecting for a moment, maybe from social media, maybe from using your phone, maybe just taking a walk and getting some sun. Those are some of the self-care things that you need to implement. So if you are finding yourself not achieving what you want, take a look at what's going on with inside you, not necessarily at your money, but inside you first. If it's stress and all those emotional components that I mentioned earlier, take a look at that and see what can you do 
to minimize that, which is some self-care activities. I mentioned, take a walk and you know, go get some sun, disconnect, maybe next Netflix binge. I found that helpful, even though I fall asleep, but then I get some rest, right? So those are just some things to consider that I really, really believe in that I feel strongly about. So I just wanted to share that with you. Now, if you want to connect with Monica and learn more about her, because she is fantastic at what she does. If you have a business, oh my goodness, you're in for a treat. You can check her out at truthhacking.com. So that is a wrap for today. Next week, we talk to the talented YouTuber, Nicole Hatcher, as she takes us behind her no spend challenges and why they have significantly helped her. So I want to thank Monica for joining us, for sharing her story and all her golden nuggets. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 120, and that will have the link of her website and how to get in touch with her and connect with her more. Also, don't forget, if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. I consider it the biggest compliment if you share it with someone that you care about. Also, be sure to check out my daily money ritual, which is one of my new free tools where it will help you find a renewed clarity on your money and in turn, increase your confidence and ease on how you manage your finances. It's broken down into four parts where one, you will find how you want to feel around money. Two, you're going to be honest with what's going on within your own money headquarters and figure out what you need to focus on most. Three, you're going to figure out what money win you are proud of. And four, you're going to declare in that ritual, that daily money ritual, how you're going to win with that money for the day. So if you put it to use, it's going to do wonders for you. It's going to help that ease of managing your money. Again, that is my daily money ritual. And you can find that over at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual or in today's show notes that you can find at jenhempill.com forward slash 120. So thanks again so much for joining me and I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao. Nos vemos.